I'm going to go in the intro now. All right. Hit it. Thanks for listening to episode 17 of Hip Squared. I'm your co-host, John Beecham. And I'm Troy Kramer. And this is American Fantastics Pop Culture Podcast, celebrating everything from the mainstream to the independent, weird, old, and local. Troy, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I was wondering if I should go with that deep, manly voice for this whole podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very rich and velvety. Uh, <laughs> it would be a wonderful show. It would be. Well, um, yes, this is going to be a wonderful show. This has been a wonderful uh, journey to uh, be a part of getting through 16 episodes um even Gaia agrees I know Gaia is in my arms right now <laughs> and she you might be able to hear her off the mic a little bit this is her first appearance on a podcast so proud yeah four month old getting a lot of good experience um hey they say if you want to be famous you gotta start young yeah you do have to start young. it also helps to have a famous dad <laughs> even though I'm not famous at all but um, speaking of Gaia and all things about life and fatherhood, um, we are going to wrap up this episode as the end of season one of Hip Squared. So all things uh, considered, which is its own great radio show, <laughs> um, we're going to have eight hours of content that you can share with your friends that you can listen to again. If this is the end of your eight hour of listening to Hip Squared, thank you so much um, for being so invested and listening. And Guy has is offering her words of encouragement too. Um, I've become a new father, <laughs> and I've been working overtime at work, which I don't have complete control over. Um, we also have a lot of good things that we want to kind of like get together, uh, ways to spread news about the show, um, getting our iTunes on, and then just kind of like retooling. For season two and whatever that will become. We might have to just re-record this whole section. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, however we do it, mm-hmm. we're going to um, yeah, we're gonna come back at you guys. We can't give you a definite time when, um, but if you follow American Fantastic on Facebook, I'm John Beecham. I have a public profile on Facebook. And even though Hip Squared is taking a little break, uh, American Fantastic Yay! is still going to be riding strong. So you guys can still follow along with our community there. Um, and we're going to get into the show proper now. Troy, did you have anything that you wanted to say real quick before we get into the show proper? Are you ready to, I'm ready to get to twitchy? Roll. I'm ready to right. twitch it up. Um, okay. With, and, uh, okay, yeah, I think we can, I think we can start here. We'll, yeah. s- we'll see how it goes in post recordings okay. and if we <laughs> maybe have to cut that part out and redo it. Who but, knows? Um, so this, uh, God, it's been pretty much since I've gotten back, I've been listening and watching um, this service online called Twitch which I don't know if everybody's heard of it. If you have, great. If you haven't, I'll give you a a rundown. So Twitch is what's called a live video game streaming website. Yeah, and I'm a video game nerd, and I first learned about Twitch as this weird Pokemon thing. That was my first awareness of what Twitch was. Twitch plays Pokemon back in 2014 is what really brought it out of the woodwork. So um, quick history, uh, Twitch started as a website called Justin TV back in 2007. God, that's like, what, eight? I'm bad at math. 10 years. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's 2017. <laughs> uh, 10 years ago now and uh, has had incredible growth since then. Um, they now see about 100 million viewers a month on different broadcasters, streamers, channels, um, esports all over the place. You'll, and um, yeah, it's just really grown in popularity. Um, and it's a way for people to watch people play video games online, which has kind of become its own thing like i know i've heard a lot of like really little kids on youtube will spend hours and hours watching people play video games or watching people unbox things so it's kind of like 
that spectator quality that's sort of gotten deep into YouTube and the internet. Right. And what Twitch does is um, it takes that, you know, that experience of Let's Plays is what was really big back in the day where that people would play through like a whole video game and they would record it and they would comment over it the whole time. Twitch takes that and adds interactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of Twitch's popularity has been um, streamers not just streaming video games and showing either how good or how well they play or um, how interesting a game is, but talking with the fans and the audience while they're playing these games. Um so like it's kind of like um being able to God, this is gonna sound like really dirty, but like those cam girls and they're like reacting to the people. <laughs> I know this is not that kind of thing, but just like that whole element of like, oh, somebody is doing something online, the people watching it are able to like kind of influence what's happening. Right. And then that kind of creates this like feedback loop where everybody involved is like more engaged because the person playing is like, oh, this is what the people are saying or telling me and yeah. Right. That's exactly that's exactly how it is. It's it's a great way for people to um, get out, interact with, get out, and interact yeah. with streamers, and interact with these people that are just very entertaining. Because um, that's a big thing that I want to talk about. So, Twitch streamers kind of come in two ver- uh, two versions. Um, well, three, four. There's a bunch of different versions, but the main ones you see is the really good gamer, mm-hmm. like either a famous person, uh, a person who has become very famous by how well they play, yeah, or. Um, and this is the version I like. The people that are entertainers that just happen to play Twitch. Okay. Uh, so you can get play- a, like famous people to like play video games and watch them, kind of. Right. So, the, and that version, which you'll normally see, is like the the pros, like mm-hmm. these really these players that go to big esporting events and compete in um, multi-team competitions. <laughs> yeah. Um, to play, uh, to do better. Ooh. Okay, yeah, let's cut it right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> just a second, guys. We'll be right back with Twitch. <laughs> Whoa, did a week just go by? Oh my god, that was so fast. You no, know, I think it might have just been a few seconds because Maple bent time and space around us through the magic of editing. Well, it may have felt like a few seconds for you guys, but it was a week of baby crying for yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> we really couldn't get Gaia to go down. So, <laughs> now um. Gaia is perfectly well with Kelly. Um, They're upstairs, and part of what we're going to do with season two is figure out a better way for Gaia to get taken care of while we record so that Kelly just doesn't have to. uh, I told Troy, it's like when I get home from work is her break from childcare. So if I go right back into podcasting, it's like having to work through your lunch. You know, Which we all love, I exactly. know. But. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. Troy, you were telling us all about Twitch? So yeah, so uh, last we picked off, and a few seconds before this started up, uh, I was talking about there's two streamers in Twitch. Um, there's the pros, the really good players um, who stream, and then there's the guys that I like, and okay. those are the entertainers. Okay. And those are the people that just, they are really funny, and they just happen to be playing Twitch. So I guess the most or, well-known kind of... This person isn't on Twitch, but like somebody like PewDiePie, which is making more like the fun part is watching him play and talk about the game rather than his actual like, oh, he's so good at it. Exactly. Um, it's people like PewDiePie. Um, Day9, mm-hmm. I think, is another one of the big uh, YouTubers that's really um, entertaining. And just like they play through the games and their commentary on it's really funny. Um, and that's that's what I really enjoy. Um one of the big streamers that I've been watching a lot lately uh, is a guy by the name of Co-Carnage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's C-O-H-H-C-A-R. 
N-A-G-E. If you look up the Co-Carnage on Twitch, uh, you'll find his stream. He normally streams between uh, 8 to 8 a.m. to about 2 p.m., so like during the workday. Um, and he tends to have around 12,000 people watching him at any given time, somewhere between like 8 to 12,000, depending on the game. Um, but like I said, he streams every day, even on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And he's an entertainer before he's um, a game player. He's really good at games. He, he's yeah. played them for years. So what is is it? So we were talking last week about Mystery Science Theater 3000 mm-hmm. and how they kind of like riff over the movie. Right. There is, are all written, but it was originally improvised. So this is kind of like the same thing. Like they're just improvising their commentary. Right. They're improvising their commentary. And a lot of the entertainment comes from... Um, the stre- the streamer's reaction to what's happening oh, in the game. and this is kind of like when you'll have... So you'll have the, the big part of the screen is going to be the gameplay footage, but then you'll have a reverse camera, like a like a um, picture-in-picture of that guy actually playing the game and getting all the reaction shots and that's exactly right okay. so you'll have a lot of the time they'll be in the be in the corner and you can like you'll be watching the game along with mm-hmm. them but things will happen so one of the most common things you'll happen is that'll happen is uh the game the guy will be playing along he'll be talking about oh yeah i'm doing this doing this and then something will just kill him immediately out of nowhere mm-hmm. and they'll go what 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 just happened and they'll freak out. They'll do yeah. all sorts of reactions. Imagine watching somebody watch a horror survival horror game would be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, well, that so like, that was really especially people that get really scared from survival horror. Right. That was really big a while ago, and it it got to the point where it was just annoying because all of those games were people mm. playing it, playing it, and then freaking out. So it just kind of like it started off as novelty, and then it became a cliche. Yes, <laughs> okay. exactly. Like a lot of good jokes. Um. But yeah. But the the big streamers like Co Carnage will. Um, entertain even during like down times is mm-hmm. the best way to describe it. Yeah, and I I watch a lot of um so my favorite one of my favorite websites is cinemassacre.com, mm-hmm. which is where the angry video game nerd right uh, publishes all his work. But he has a whole crew with him. They do like um, gameplay together where they just play a classic game from beginning to end. But they they kind of have that down too because it's kind of like when the game is really hard, they're mm-hmm. focusing and they're talking about how hard the game is. Mm-hmm. But when it's not, what they do is just talk about like random whatever they feel like talking about. It mm-hmm. could just be like, what weird tangent could we take from the game to get to like some topic of conversation for the boring part? Right, and with streaming, it's that except more difficult. Because here's the thing: is that uh, when you're doing when you're doing something like that, you're talking with your friends. You know, mm-hmm. you can actually hear what they're saying while you're still focusing on the game and playing. With streamers, how they interact with their communities through a chat system. Oh, so um, they're like got an eye on the chat window and the game and <laughs> Yeah. So if you've ever imagined, you know, you're playing your game, you're doing whatever you're doing. Now just imagine that like every about minute or so you have to look away from the screen for ten seconds to read a question. Because mm-hmm. that's what um, a lot of the really good streamers will do is they'll like keep keep uh, an eye on chat, see what they're asking and try and interact with them. Um, that's really hard in a fast-paced action game where it's really important to know where you are and know where the enemy is Mm -hmm. um so that's like that's what the really good streamers can do is they have no problem going back and (laughs) forth picking up all right i'm on the i'm on chat i'm back over here somebody in chat asked me a question i have to think about that it kind of seems like the sort of skill that you would develop um because i know around the time of the xbox 360 Mm -hmm. is when the headsets with first person Mm -hmm. shooters came out and so i think now people have kind of developed that skill of having their eyes and their hands playing the game and, mm-hmm. and part of their brain playing the game, but then also having a running commentary and like what would have been going on in their heads, they're chatting with other people. Right. So it seems like you could make that leap to instead of like hearing 
what people are saying through my earbuds. Like, oh, I'm going to glance at my um, my chat window every few seconds. Right, and that, and you can do that. It's just it's more it's more difficult than you'd think. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I mean, just just even they talk about this on Cinemassacre because a lot of those classic games are card. Right. And there will even be times where they say, like, all right, I just can't talk right now. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, 100% of their brain. Yeah. Like, every every little bit has to be focused on um, on the actual game itself. So another thing that's really big on Twitch is an uh, event that happens twice a year. I talked about it earlier. Uh, and that's Games Done Quick. Uh, it's done through Twitch. It supports it. And you'll see that happen a lot where people will be like, all right, I'm on this really hard part. Mm-hmm. Somebody else start talking to the uh, Somebody else start talking to the group. I can't focus right now. Yeah. Um, so that's um, one of the big things streamers do. I wanted to mention a couple other things uh, before we move on. Um, Twitch itself is primarily a streaming service, and it's there for broadcasters to stream themselves. Um, there's a complicated process if you mm-hmm. want to go from like being just somebody that you know. I jump on Twitch. I, I yeah. I'll pull up my screen so anybody that wants to watch can watch. Yeah, and like, have, so like your friends can watch, or the people right. that like follow you on whatever social media. Kind right. Of thing, yeah. So maybe you'll have like twenty to thirty viewers to these people that have twelve thousand viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, they that's uh, a process which is called being partnered by Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you end up getting paid through their service yeah, for yeah. your streaming. Because they probably have like thirty second ads going on. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. um, they'll have those. Um, they'll be able to take in donations similar to Patreon, mm-hmm. except it'll be through Twitch. Uh, it's through Twitch's service yeah. where people and, will be able to subscribe to their, their and, channel. And just like we beg people to uh, support the show, if mm-hmm. you all have your favorite Twitch channel and you spend hours watching that, you should. You should definitely mm-hmm. support those people because they're putting in work for you and your entertainment. But yeah. I think that's cool. I think that's what's one of the cool things about the internet is if you have a compelling or interesting enough a thing to share mm-hmm. with people and like people are willing to support you they can and mm-hmm. there's no gatekeepers there's nobody else that you have to go through to do that it's like you connected to the audience right and if you want if you enjoy content if there's some sort of podcast twitch stream youtube channel that you just really like and you would you would be devastated if it went away you got to support them exactly because some if you don't support them you can't count on other people going like mm-hmm. supporting them. And here's the other secret about that is that the more support they get, the more time they can devote to creating what you like. Right. And so it's kind of like this great feedback loop where, you know, the audience supports the artist and then the artist returns the favor by making the best art that they can create. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that cracks me up about Twitch TV and video game channels is it seems to be one of the things that um, I would say like Gen X and older like just loves to complain about like those dang millennials are just on the YouTubes and they're watching people play video games. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean like that's, that's like a cool diversion. Like, and I think honestly of all the things you could put like a six or seven year old in front of like somebody playing Minecraft mm-hmm. is like one of the, it's like, yeah, that's going to be better than them getting advertised to, you, you know, by fast food companies watching TV or like, the other thing, too, is that video games are, are themselves an art form now. Yes. And watching somebody play that skillfully, you're seeing the artistry of the game developers, mm-hmm. and you're seeing the skill of the player. And sometimes, like, yeah, you want to play a video game, but sometimes that's just too stressful, and that's too much, and you just want to zone out right. and watch somebody else play video games. And there's also friends or, um, and like, boyfriends and girlfriends or girlfriends and girlfriends, boyfriends and boyfriends, mm-hmm. non-binaries and non-binaries. <laughs> they like watching their partner play video games because mm-hmm. to them it's like they don't like to play but it's fun and relaxing to watch somebody else play. Yeah, and, and they can they can interact and they can talk with them and still be with them while not playing that game. That's Basically. right. So. <laughs> well, um, now, now we are going to uh, move on to somebody who, I guess, doesn't really ever talk about video games. 
I don't know Here's if he that. has a video game bit. You think with a young comedian, like yeah. Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. um, he would have a video game bit. But I don't know. There might be something lurking out there where he talks about that. I think he might just be too social and too I into could people. See that. Yeah, I that, could like, see him being too hip for it. Well, like not that it's too hip, but like too extroverted. Like unless yeah. he's playing with a bunch of other people, I just could. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, we're gonna talk about Aziz Ansari tonight. He is uh his newest project is season two of master of none which is a Ooh, netflix series right it's a s- first series that he developed himself mm-hmm. and um put out there with netflix's help and um eric wareheim from okay. uh, tim and eric awesome show great okay. job yeah um and tom goes to the mayor from adult swim he's one of the okay. producers oh okay so um and uh rest in peace harris whittles helped him develop that project harris hmm. whittles is a Sadly, died of a heroin overdose a few years ago, but was one of uh, the most important figures in like un, um, independent comedy. Okay, and okay. um, kind of cut his teeth on The Office. He also knew Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang. Okay, and he was just really well beloved in comedy circles. And unfortunately, um, he's no longer with us. But he and Aziz basically created the idea of this show together. Okay, um, what else have I seen Aziz Ansari? Uh, well, in? he's. <laughs> He, most people know him as Tom from Parks and Recreation. Ah, Tom. Yeah, he <laughs> was the um, – that was his, kind of his breakout role. Um, you've probably seen either on Facebook or YouTube the Treat Yourself oh, yeah. video. Mm. He and I can't remember the name of the black woman comedian who's in it. She's really hilarious too. Well, that's all from – That's all from The Office. Oh, uh, Parks sorry, and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Thank you for catching that slip of my tongue. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen plenty of Parks those, and Rec. Those now. mockumentary shows like, right. like Spinal Tap I feel like created the genre, but yeah. But Aziz is a uh, he is kind of like a side character on that show. Mm-hmm. So he definitely steals every scene he's in. Um, and, and actually, one of the cool things about him in Park and Rec that does carry over to Master None is like talking about social issues. Okay. So he even mentions um, like people will always ask him where he's from. Yes. He's like, I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> that's my best Aziz voice. I'm from North Carolina. That's actually pretty. That's closer than I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> And but it was basically how he is the son of he's a second generation immigrant. I think I think both of his parents are Indian. Yes. Uh, he talks about them being um, in an arranged marriage, but being in love still and like okay. having a happy life. Um, but on that show, his parents were just people from North Carolina, so it was kind of like <laughs> I don't know, interesting about how he is so American in so many ways. Yeah, he's looking at it from like a different view. Exactly, but because he's not white other people don't perceive him that way. They perceive right. him as an, an other or an immigrant. They mm-hmm. just kind of want to know, you know, you can't be from here. Uh, but he does address, so he does a really good job in his um, stand-up, in his a book that I'm going to talk about in a moment, okay. on um, Parks and Rec, creation, Parks and Rec, and, and Master of None, of balancing just really silly humor mm-hmm. and um, really kind of fun and fast-paced kind of humor with social commentary or like real life issues, but not in a way that's like necessarily going to be completely depressing and dark and bring you down. Right. But in a place where it's kind of like, these are the things that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to weave them into the comedic fabric that we're already creating. Okay. So he's, um, he's an, he is hilarious. First of all, mm-hmm. um, everything I've seen him in his, his comedy specials. Um, he has a type of comedy that's not overtly, um, I don't know how to put it. Uh, offensive. Yeah. Um, and he's just a really he's just really good at uh, keeping a riff going and keeping yeah. it entertaining. He's got a very positive outlook on life and a very right. um, very like upbeat mood. And he does talk about things that frustrate him or annoy him, but he's not the kind of like 
dark comedian like a Louis C.K. or a Mark Maron. Yeah. Who will sometimes just kind of like dwell in the misery <laughs> of human existence. But then like they're what they're really great at is kind of like turning that into like a positive, a positive thing. Is like because even though no matter how hard life beats us down, like you can always kind of look at it with this like cockeyed glance. But what Aziz does is he kind of takes that uh, the joy of life. Mm-hmm. And then all the weird things about it, mm-hmm. and makes that his bit. So a lot of it is, and 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 the frustrating things come from like relationships a lot of the time, oh, or like yeah. or you know social issues like racism and things like that. But it's more about like there's this weird thing, and like and he also does a really good job of helping people follow his train of thought. Yeah, so you can kind of relate to what he's talking about, and you're like, oh yeah, I felt that way too. But he says it in such a goofy, funny way. Oh yeah, it, it's it, like the sarcasm. Yeah, it, like <laughs> it makes you think about life and like think about how you live and how like society is set up. Mm-hmm. But it also makes you laugh because you can relate to it so easily. Yeah, and his, I mean, again, his take on it is that of somebody that's huh, brown in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and is is dealing with all those yeah. stereotypes that are inherently horrible but mm. around and yeah. how he, how those have impacted his life and how he reacts to them and his way that he reacts to them is he la- um he laughs at them and finds a humor and realizes that they're offensive yeah <laughs> but he does he does um like really address and talk about those kinds of issues and get into the nitty-gritty sometimes mm-hmm. um if you let that part of his comedy i think he's one of the best thinkers um, of our generation or any other about social media and um cell phones and how like digital technology has changed the way people relate and communicate to each other Mm -hmm. he has entire uh, parts where he will riff with the audience Mm -hmm. and get people to show him texts from like the last guy they went on a date with or it could be like people (laughs) from a dating site like what's the last thing a guy texted you okay and he talks about um blank pics and since oh. we're trying to keep the uh <laughs> part of the male anatomy of course but he'll talk about like how many blank pics did you get sent girls and like things uh, like that geez. and like but just kind of like reveal sort of like the underbelly of mm-hmm. like that digital communication but then he also like one thing he does that's really cool and i think very feminist and very forward thinking is kind of like he tells men like guys don't be so stupid like <laughs> this never works yes like, why do you women keep hate it mm-hmm. don't do it and i think it's cool because like I love it when female comedians um, or, like, gay comedians or any comedians of, it, of like, an oppressed minority will talk about, like, the issues. Mm-hmm. But I think it's cool that, like, coming from the side of the, the oppressor, like, yeah. the guy, I think it's a lot – I think sometimes it, it's good when men call out other men or, like mm-hmm. – It's, it's yeah, the difference it's, between somebody – it's the difference of feeling be- – somebody's talking down to you or trying to tell you something yeah. to to one of your peers talking mm-hmm. next to you. And, and so I, I was think, like, dude, this this is wrong. Why exactly. are you doing this? And I think if you're a sexist person, you can always convince yourself or rationalize like, oh, she's just some mm-hmm. feminist. Or, but it's a lot harder to write somebody off when they're also a man. And they're mm-hmm. like, this is how gentlemen behave. Like, they don't harass women on dating sites or like yeah. their smartphones. Or, But the, the other thing he does, the flip side of that, is he actually talks to girls like, okay, like, I think she got like three girls up, or like, or like he would show like he would ask me to like say show me three dudes like trying to hit you up on this this site or whatever. Okay. And then he'll like go through them and they'll talk about like which ones are good, like which one actually makes a girl oh. feel good and which one they like. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's cool because um it's really hard to do that as a comedian to interact with the audience mm-hmm. and um 
and, and kind of like Paula Poundstone was really good at it. Okay. Like there's people, it's called working the crowd. Yeah. And people that know how to work the crowd, they either know how to shut down hecklers really well mm-hmm. or they might banter with the audience or ask them questions and get their input. And the reason that's so hard is because comedians, when they go up on stage, the illusion that they're creating is this is just them thinking in up these thoughts and sharing them with you off the top of their head. And because they're so funny, it's like, these are just the things that go through my brain a lot of the time. Yeah. But almost everything they do, um, I mean, there's some exceptions, but most of what they do is so tightly crafted. Like, right. They will write jokes over and over. They'll see how they get reactions from the audience and then they'll go back and rework them. So mm-hmm. everything that seems very natural. It's a one man show. Exactly. But when you bring in audience participation, the reason that's so hard. is because you don't know how the audience yeah, is going to be that you night. You don't know how the audience <laughs> is going to be that night. You don't know what people are going to say. So it's just kind of like you're taking whatever cue they give you mm-hmm. and you're running for it with it. And if you're really witty and sharp and can do that quick kind of like comeback style humor which mm-hmm. Aziz is really good at mm-hmm. um, you can you can bring the audience with you and it's like it adds a whole new dimension to the comedy because instead of you just like somebody's telling a joke to you like it's like they're making you part of the joke it's too. like it's like improv on steroids yeah uh, because with improv you have somebody else to bounce off of and to make commentary with in this case it's doing improv with a partner who's really bad at improv because they yeah. don't know what to do um so we talked a lot about this comedy. How? What's the format for Master of None? Because so I haven't seen it. So, so. Master of None, um, I would start with season one. Okay. Because it does have some continuity between episodes. It is a fictionalized version of Aziz. Okay. Uh, living in New York with a few other artists and creative people. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like navigating single life for a dude in his early 30s. Okay. It's very much a millennial show. Mm. So what I mean by that is like... Um, He's always texting people, and of a lot course. of times it'll like show up on the screen, um, and and a lot of it does have that kind of like um, archetypal like young man looking for love, like going through a bunch of dates, like would you see over and over again on TV. Mm-hmm. But because it gets into relationships, it really um, I don't know it does a great job of kind of hooking into things that like weaving together storylines that make you really think about the characters okay i was gonna say it sounds like a lot of awkward awkward dates between people just because that's how real life is a lot of times um but cool yeah and um it's really funny just like you could definitely binge it you could watch one episode a week or um and like the continuity between the episodes is really cool it has that very uh narrative driven arc okay um, so it is a cl- it is clean through. It's yeah, not it's, like episodic kind of thing. Yeah, it's well, it's episodic in a in a way because each episode has a focus. So like okay. there'll be like one episode where it's all about um, the main character's parents. Okay. But that kind of like weaves into the longer arc, and that's sort of like what he wants to do is like bring in all these topics and talk about them in different ways. So there's like an episode that's like this is kind of like a, an episode where we're talking about race a little bit, or this is hmm. an episode where we're talking about relationships. And then some of them are just like fun concepts. Like there's an episode in season one where they go to Nashville. Oh. There's three episodes in season two that are in Italy, and the first one is an homage to The Bicycle Thief, which is oh, a really okay. good Fellini movie, like a classic black and white movie. And then the movie, a man gets his. Um, bike stolen and goes and chases after the thief because it's like post-war Italy and everybody's just like he, like he needs it to survive oh, okay. he needs it to get to his job well in season 2 spoilers for season 2 if you don't want spoilers for the first episode um, just skip a set yeah, for about the 30 <laughs> seconds or so but he gets his smartphone stolen off of him just after uh. he's they, they set up like 
this you think it's going to be like him like his rebound relationship where he meets this great girl and there's like a whole like solid like eight or nine minutes where it's like him and this this girl like really hitting it off and as soon as he says goodbye she's like okay we're doing this this weekend just text me and this Dude, oh, he has his phone. He has no way to get a hold of her. And the rest of the episode is him chasing after his smartphone. <laughs> and it's an homage to the bicycle thief because that's uh, all the bicycle thief is, is him chasing after the bicycle. Oh, that's beautiful. And the um, last thing I want to talk about as far as Aziz is concerned, um, besides Master of None, which if you haven't watched already, you should. Um, if mm. you haven't watched Parks and Rec, go back and watch Parks and Rec. Yeah. I think if, if, you, if it seems like a lot, I would skip to season two. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they really hit their stride. Yeah. Um, there's, and, there's backstory in season one, but the, yeah. it gets really good in season Just watch two. from season two, and if you're, like, one of those diehard fans and you want to go back and see, like, the rough origin story, <laughs> yeah, uh, you can do that. But um, he put out a book called Modern Romance. Okay. Which is a lot of um, – it's not just, like, a lot of comedians put out books, and it's just, like, a version of their stand-up just mm-hmm. in written form. Which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if that's what you want to do, yeah. you know, market yourself. It's fun reading stand-up bits and, like, having that go through your head. But what he does is he teamed up with a social scientist. Okay. And they did a lot of research into um, how dating has changed throughout the generations. Oh, okay. And how, like, digital media um, focuses on the um, that, too. Like, like okay. how it's changed how that and changed. influenced how, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's also funny and silly, and he talks a lot about his own relationships. So it's kind of like he took that bit about social media and dating from a stand-up mm-hmm. and then did, like, a deep dive into it with a real hardcore statistician sociologist and mm. made it funny. And made it funny. So if you want, and, and it's just, if you like Aziz's personality or if that just sounds interesting to you, like social and digital media's effect on relationships and dating and romance, mm-hmm. definitely check those out. Check that, check what out? Uh, Modern Romance. Modern Romance by Aziz, by Aziz I'm sorry. So yeah, so just a rundown, um, Parks and Rec, Master of None, uh, the book Modern Romance. You can also find some great stand-up specials, and I'm sure he has some good stand-up albums if you just want the pure stand-up. Right. Twitch, um, there's a lot of great streamers out there. The one that I listened to, I mentioned, was Co-Carnage. Uh, he streams everything all over the place. Uh, he switches it up a lot, which is something else a lot of a lot of streamers don't do. So he's mm-hmm. great. Uh, otherwise, keep an eye on Twitch. Right now, I know they're doing um, a Mr. Rogers marathon. They're showing the last 600 episodes mm-hmm. of Mr. Rogers that have ever been on That's PBS. Really cool. And they're doing all this to raise money for PBS yeah. since Trump won't do it. Exactly. <laughs> and another thing um, that you guys should check out um, is Dano'sSongs.com, who provides us with our excellent intro and outro music. Thanks, Dano. I have a feeling this might be the last episode with uh, Dano as the intro and outro. We might use that because okay. it's a really cool song. Yeah. Um, I'm going to donate some money to him. He just asked for 10 bucks a song. I still haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it. Um, for, as like, mu- for, for as much uh, uh, what's it called advertising we've done yeah, for him exactly we, but we, I also we don't want to be a, I also well, don't yeah. want to be a hypocrite either yeah so if you <laughs> listen to the whole first season on um, of Hip Squared thank you so much yeah uh, for anybody that listened from beginning to end for anybody that's just catching this episode we really uh, appreciate you just having an interest in what we have to say um, if you want to help us to help us make season two as best we can the best way you can do that is to support us on patreon mm-hmm. uh you can find us there as american fantastic um anything helps and we will just pour that love back into production and making mm. good podcasts for you um you guys can also check out americanfantastic.com for more of our audio content so all the old episodes of hip square are there yeah. all the old episodes of the american fantastic radio hour are there like i said um last week we just put up the spring update Mm. So there's some cool new photography. There's a new story by me uh, called That Stone Could Begin to Crack. Sweet. There is a lot of cool art. Just like It's definitely a site that you can go in and sink your teeth into. If you're an artist mm-hmm. um, and you want to hit us up, hit us up on American Fantastic on Facebook. Um, and you know, just post something on our wall. We're always looking for people to feature and showcase, especially if you're a local from Louisville or if you just know about American Fantastic and want a way to share your work. We're all just about... 
um, sharing the and promoting the work of other artists and collaborating and um, putting all that love back there into the world. American Fantastic is a great place to just get away from the world when you need it. Exactly. Um, when reality becomes a burden, enjoy a sojourn into the fantastic. That's oh, the yeah. official tagline of American Fantastic. <laughs> and that's also the closing. Instead of saying toodles, we say that I say that on any of the American Fantastic Radio Hour. Um, another great lover and patron of the arts and an incredible artist himself is uh, Mayplex Monk. Thanks, Maple. Uh, Mayplex does all the boards. He does all the audio production. Um, this show would not be possible without Maple. Um, Maple, as I like to call him. Um, we collaborated on a bunch of um, podcasts that we just did in his living room. Um, then we've done uh, live production together. So we did Night of the Chupacabra at Taco Punk. A few years ago, we're looking to do more live audio production and performance to share with you guys in the future. Um, And he's a great photographer. He is looking for people that need help recording podcasts. So if you want uh, to put out a podcast at Maple um, and he can talk about what he can do for your kind of production, if you have some photographs you want taken, or if you just want a very hardworking and hungry artist in Louisville, um, you should hit him up, maplexmuck.com. You can find him on his website or on Facebook and also the creative community on Facebook. Um, Troy, is there anything else you'd like to say? Oh, man, I'm good. I think you got it all. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, guys, this is uh, the end of season one. We're going to wrap things up with a neat little bow. Uh, follow us on American Fantastic. Um, we're going to put up some episodes on iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. All We're going to switch from hosting the shows on SoundCloud to Squarespace. Right. And we're going to set up with an RSS feed. So we do uh, thank you guys for following us on SoundCloud if that's how you've been listening. Eventually, we're going to get it on iTunes. You can just put us into your podcast software, and whenever we put out a new episode, you won't even have to think about it. Um, Sounds amazing. All right. And, uh, yeah, just follow AmericanFantastic.com on, or American Fantastic on Facebook to know when to do that. And we will catch you next time. Toodles. Toodles. Yeah, it was a Pepsi ad. Lame. Wasn't like Pepsi Next a thing? That sounds like a. It sounds like a drink at one point. Oh my god! All my friends are playing a new horrible game. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. All right, stop lunch. Hello. Hello. I don't know why I can find. Oh, there it is, because it's way shorter. I need to like actually print this out on a piece of paper yeah. instead of just copying my notebook. Or yeah, or like just or memorize re- it. Or rewrite it somewhere else clear. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go uh, twenty pages back into this notebook here. Aha. Yeah. God, I hope this isn't the first draft I wrote. <laughs> oh oh. Oh. Oh, just drool. Okay, just we're good. I'm just. Oh yeah. I'm just spit up stuff. Well, she she had a face for a second. I was getting concerned. Yeah. She's always had a face. That's true. Oh, yeah, and if if it gets like crazy, one of us can just say cut, and and then we'll cut if it. If it takes a little extra time for the, you know, because I know editing's a pain in the ass. If it takes extra time. No it worries. shouldn't be. I've never had any pain editing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go.